As hard as it is to believe, as hard as it is to conceive. Jesus Christ, the man-god, never existed as a person, ever. It was nothing more than a Roman collusion. It was nothing more than a story that got out of hand and got in the wrong hands. This podcast episode will delve further into the Christ myth. Enjoy. All right, everyone, uh, Art Stemmel here for another episode of Click Here Hearing, Not the Herd. And of course, the word herd goes a couple of ways, too, as you can tell. Um, I keep finding more evidence of this fantastic, secretly well, well hidden for centuries now, uh, mythological Jesus Christ. Uh, storyline and all the characters associated with it. This is what I'm about to play for you, two other people's perspective. It's Dr. Ray Hagens out of St. Louis, Missouri, teaching his congregation. And he pulls out a letter uh, from a young woman who sent him a thank you note, a uh, commiserate with your revelation type, um, you know, input. So he reads the letter and she mentions also about the origins of the Christianity story from the Pizzo family. So I know that some of you may be new to this and you may be thinking to yourself, well, you know, that Ab- Abelard Reichland fellow and the, and the other guy that was interviewing him, they may be the only two people who even know about or talk about it. Therefore, you know, if only a couple of people talking about something, it l- tends to not lend it credibility, uh, especially for people who are uh, caught up in this um, uh, peer-reviewed mindset that um, a group of a bunch of people who think the same seem to have some kind of power. And of course, if you try to submit some kind of a um, answer to that collective mindset narrative that's different or certainly something way off and different in the scientific community, in the theological community, any kind of community, you are automatically uh, seen as, uh, what's that uh, thing, the the pebble in your shoe or I like to think of it more of a piece of sand a grain of sand in the oysters little clam shell over uh, several years it turns into a pearl how about that for your analogy well anyway I'm going to play this for you very fascinating um, I invite you to look into Dr. Hagen's other videos on this he certainly is a person who's wide awake, and I like the way that he takes that congregational, you know, come on, brother, come on, you know, um, uh, element of the old school fire firebrand like type Christian gatherings, because he comes from a Baptist church that got some revelation, and they all woke up, and they just decided to keep the accoutrements and the uh, atmosphere of the church um, you know, shouting in the pews and all that in the pulpit. I feel good. I feel good because I know there's a God somewhere. There's a God somewhere. 
Hallelujah. I feel him down in my spirit. That it's kind of a different take, and it really reminds me of another gentleman who has like a, a meeting in a strip mall uh, frequently. I think he's still doing this over in New Jersey area. And he, um, he has a bunch of YouTube videos also, probably four or 500. Of course, I'm talking about the legendary uh, Bill Donahue. Can't believe these, uh, these Jews, too. You know, they wait 40,000 years for the Messiah to come. He shows up, they kill him, and they give the business to the Italians. Don't confuse that name with a Catholic activist by the same name, Bill Donahue. And really don't confuse him with that Mike Toting guy from the 70s, Phil Donahue. But this is, this is the other Bill. Go over to his YouTube channel. His website also is hiddenmeanings.com. This is Dr. Ray Higgins reading a letter here in just a bit. I'll, I'm going to play the entire teaching that day. It's very interesting. And uh, enjoy this. I'll put the link and more information in the show notes. You are an ascendant of Africa. See, descend means to go down. See, when we start thinking up, then we'll start living up. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Okay, and we come from an awesome people. You know, and, and it's a little discouraging when you think about how awesome our people were and you look around and see what we're doing today. Uh, don't get me wrong, I, I, I love our ancient ancestors and their accomplishments, their life, their deeds, their legacy, their contributions. That's why I wrote the oath to the ancestors that we say here and everywhere else around the diaspora, people are beginning to say it. But I am not disillusioned with the concept or the, the truth of the matter that we were great at one time. Did y'all hear what I just said? We were great at one time. And it's an exercise in futility for us to keep thinking about how great we were and doing nothing with it now. So we got to come out of the jails. We got to come out of the prisons. We got to come off the street corners. We got to come out of the crack houses. You know, it's deep because you got a lot of folk in the situations I just explained can tell you all about ancient Egypt. But how is it affecting their life right now? It's not doing anything. So we got to make it real now. Y'all hear what I'm saying? That kind of ties into the message I have for today. But before actually going into the message, I want to read uh, a blog from a Facebook friend and one of my listeners. And her name is Alberta Parrish. So bear with me as I read her blog because I feel good about the fact of what she has to say in her blog. And you can go to my Facebook page and read this for yourself. But here's what it says. Uh, the title of her blog is The Mythology of Christianity and Christ by Alberta Parrish. Looks like a warrior sister here too, according to her picture. I'm serious, man. Here's what she says. She says, on April 1st, 2011, was the last day I attended church as a Christian. Today is one year the one-year anniversary in which I cut ties with religious indoctrination. The last night I attended my church, I knew then 
that I would not be returning as a born again Christian. My mom is still Christian. And of course, she has requested to be funeralized in a church. In the event that I return to a church in order to funeralize my mom, it certainly won't bother me because my mind has been set free from religious enslavement. I can sit there with a straight face and know that what the minister is preaching is historically incorrect and based on ancient mythology. I could possibly have a conversation with this same minister and tell him or her why I am an atheist. I come across Christians all the time. Therefore, I am not offended by their religious rhetoric and nonsense because I know that they just don't know any better. Before I read any further, I'm gonna communicate with her and let her know Africans can't be atheists. But I understand what she's saying. See, in other words, once you have been disillusioned by religion, people readily claim the title of being an atheist. Everybody repeat after me. An atheist, an atheist. is a person who does not believe or trust in the existence of God or the Almighty. Africans can't be atheists. It's not in our DNA. Okay? So really what's happening here is in her transition, she's still seeing Jesus as God. You follow what I'm saying? And the African story is that God is. Jesus is not. Did that make sense? Let me finish what she wrote here. My transitioning from Christianity began with research on the origin of Christianity in 2010. Because I wanted to prove the validity of a historical Jesus as being the true savior of mankind who was resurrected from the dead. Instead, I found evidence that disproves the existence of Jesus as a Jewish historical figure. Let me start by saying that there could never have been a Jewish man named Jesus in the first century. The term Jew did not even originate until the 18th century. She did her homework. The letter J was never part of the Hebrew or Aramaic alphabet. The term Jew was originally used to denote the term Judean. In earlier versions of the Bible, Judean was the official term in earlier versions of the Bible before it was replaced with the term Jew, which was first seen in the New Testament King James Version in the 18th century. A Judean, and notice how I'm saying that, a Judean, because there was no J, was a resident of the ancient occupied territory by the Romans known as Judea. The Roman providence Judea comes from the Greek Eudaia. The letter J is an English letter acquired from the French. I love it when people go do their homework. 
and is a derivative of the Latin languages. All so-called historical accounts outside the Bible of the first and second centuries containing the name Jesus in reference to him being the Jewish savior, Messiah, are historical forgeries. Christianity was indeed invented by Romans in the first century AD. The account given by Flavius Josephus, a Jewish Roman historian concerning Jesus, is nothing more than a sophisticated forgery. Because Josephus was a pen name for a man named Arius Calpurnius Piso. I love it. A Roman aristocrat who, according to Arthur Albert Ruklin, had written the four Gospels, the Pauline writings, and the book of the Revelation, along with other members of his family. Everybody say the Piso Papers. I don't know how many of you guys ever heard of that before. I've talked to you about it several years ago, right? And the Piso family are the people who wrote the New Testament. Don't take my word. I know y'all. I know y'all messed up out there listening to this, but hey, I just got to give it to you like it is, okay? You know, and I'm gonna deal with this a little bit in my message. How we believe stuff that we have not even stopped to validate. So do the homework. Google it. The Roman Piso family. Read. Google it and do. Get ready though. I'm gonna tell you now. Hold on to your girdle. Hold on to your belt buckle and hold on to your socks. Because it's deep, because when I read about the Piso papers, even though I had come into the awareness of the truth of the non-existence of a fabricated person called Jesus, it still hurt when I read it. She goes on to say here that uh, furthermore, Josephus would not be the correct spelling of his name by the Romans during the first century because J is an English alphabet. Josephus would have possibly been Yusef. And the English name Jesus would have possibly been spelled by the Romans as Jesus. Also from the Greek Jesus or Zeus. In other words, Jesus is a continued version of Zeus, who according to Greek mythology was the father of gods and men and ruled the Olympians on Mount Olympus. Zeus was also known as the god of sky and thunder. Newt was the goddess of the sky, according to ancient Egyptian creations. There are parallels of gods and goddesses within all major religions, systems, which makes the Jesus figure the latest version of the sky deities worshipped in the ancient world. This girl did her homework. She says, there was no mention by credible ancient scholars historians regarding a Jewish Messiah who performed miracles and raised the dead during the first century except those who forged stories to advance their own agendas, which is what Arius Piso and his family did. Oh my goodness. The Jewish Savior God, and I'm, I'm skipping some paragraphs here because it's very long. The Jewish Savior God is also a continuation of the worship of Serapis, a Greek Greco-Egyptian deity invented by the Greek ruler Ptolemy in the third century BCE. There are historical references about Christians being regarded as worshipers of Serapis. 
in the oh man in the first and second centuries this was in the early history of christianity before i read any further everybody write this down um agora write that down please a g o r a how many of you guys have netflix good if you have netflix I want you, when you get home i want you to search the movie agora okay those of you who don't have netflix you need to get it and get rid of your cable it'll save you a lot of money I ain't trying to tell you how to run your house, but some of y'all paying over $100 a month for junk on television. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Okay, if you have the internet, you can get the news on the internet. Got me? Okay, I, I got rid of my cable and got Netflix and I haven't missed a heartbeat. I go watch the movies when I get ready and that's it. I don't have to worry about cable bill. And guess what, y'all? Netflix is how much a month? $9 a month. Ain't that better than the cable bill? She goes on to talk about, the, and the reason why I'm telling you to do this is because when you see the movie Agora, Agora actually, uh, it talks about the Christian invasion of Egypt in the fourth century. And it actually shows you how the Christian church came in and destroyed the library in Alexandria. I mean, go watch the movie. Go get it and watch it. If you don't have it, get it on DVD and watch it. How many of y'all remember me telling you about a sister by the name of, and my message I call it Hepatia, or it's also pronounced Hypatia. Anybody remember that you're talking about? I taught this years ago. Hypatia was, was killed by them, dragged through the streets until her skin was ripped from her flesh, her bones. You know, it, talk, it shows you Hypatia being the great philosopher there in the Library of Alexandria and the classes that she taught. It so shows you all that. But what's deep is there's this massive structure of Serapis in the opening of the movie. I said, ain't this so much? The only thing wrong with the movie is it's white folk. So it's depicting, making you think that these ancient Egyptians were white when in reality they were black. This sister goes on to say, even the deity Serapis is a continuation of earlier deities, including the worship of Horus or Heru of Egypt, the firstborn son of Asar and Aset. The biblical Jesus is not even a historical figure, and yet millions of people continue to pledge their allegiance to a mythical and non-historical figure. Therefore, Christianity cannot be regarded as an authentic religious system when it is based upon ancient mythology and forgeries. I appreciate the sister taking the time to go do her homework and come to her own conclusion. It's hard to give up the lie when all you know is the lie. Y'all hear what I'm saying? But she did it. And I applaud her for that. There's an awakening taking place, and that leads to my message for today. In fact, everybody say this after me. It's time to wake up now. It's time to wake up now. Now, I, I kind of battled between two subjects. So I'm going to make the other like a subtopic. The topic of today's message is it's time to wake up now, but subtopic would be, so what must I do to be saved? There are so many of our people who are transitioning and they want to know. People are starting to email me and ask for 
DVDs and CDs on how to help them through this process. I'm so glad to hear that because an awakening is taking place. You see, brothers and sisters, for centuries, the minds of our people have been shackled by the chains of Euro-Gentile Greco-Roman doctrines placed on us by religious leaders. Now, what is the description that I just gave? Euro-Gentile, Greco-Roman. Why do I give such a description? To help you understand that, first of all, Gentiles are Europeans. That's the first thing you gotta get straight in your head. Black people, Africans watching me right now, stop calling yourself Gentiles. You are not a Gentile. White folk are Gentiles. So why do we call ourselves Gentiles? Because white folk taught us. Y'all grabbing what I'm saying? You see, when they brought us, kidnapped us and brought us over here, they forced their belief system on us. Even before that, as I showed you, as I told you and showed you pictures of, of there in Ghana being in the, the, the slave dungeons, the laws that the Roman Catholic Church passed in Ghana to where it's way back then in the, in the 15, 1600s, you know, and they were forcing, forcing Africans, Africans, Africans to say that they were Gentiles. Now we love saying it. we must ask ourselves is there any truth in the stuff that was taught to us we didn't ask that question growing up I didn't ask it growing up you know why I didn't ask that because my parents taught me and Edna Forbes wouldn't lie to her grandchild her sister, Allen Gilmore, would not lie to her great nephew slash son since she raised me. Clarence Gilmore, man who raised me, he wouldn't lie to me and teach me wrong. Your mama wouldn't lie to you. I'm not going to stand here and say she lied to you because that would offend you. Y'all know how we always talk about mama. Don't talk, don't you so. All right, that's my mama you're talking about now. So let me say it this way. Your mama wouldn't lie to you intentionally. No. So the stuff that we were taught as youth growing up in religion, we didn't question it. And because we did not question it, we are messed up as we are today. You see, brothers and sisters, listen, here's how this goes. If, let's use some, let's just use some common sense. I know common sense ain't common no more. I know it. I know something has happened in, in our psyche and in the world to where common sense just ain't so common no more. But let's just exercise a little bit of simple intellectual logic and reasoning. If the God of creation had truly revealed him or herself, don't you think that the whole world would be able to know what it is? Why is it that 
There is one particular religion that says that God chose to reveal himself in the person of Jesus Christ. And there's no other religion or revelation of God except Jesus Christ. What kind of dumb stuff is that? Let me show you how God, the God of creation, has chosen to reveal him or herself. Let me help you understand this. Breathe. Take a good deep breath. Let's start right there. And realize that that stuff that you just inhaled, you didn't make it. And it's keeping you alive. But not by your power, because you don't have the intellect to create it. And not only do you not have the intellect to create it, you don't have the ability to supply it to everybody. What other evidence is there to the existence of the Almighty or God? What other evidence? Look outside. Look at the trees that you did not make and your mama didn't make it either. Look at a cloud in the sky that the world's greatest scientists cannot duplicate. Look at the mountains. Look at the rivers and the seas. Look at somebody next to you and say, what he's really trying to tell us? is that creation testifies to the existence of God. God doesn't have to reveal himself through a fabricated figure of the Roman Catholic Church. Let's get it right here. And then we got these folk, you know, and this, so, 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 so then, then if that's true, then brother Ray, if that, if what you're saying is true and, and, and well, then, then, then what, what am I supposed to do to be saved? Because see, that's what's been taught in our head. We want to be saved. Now, the reason why we want to be saved is so that we don't be lost. Did y'all get what I just said? Now, what you need to ask yourself, Christians, is who told you you were lost? Where you get that from? When you came out of your mama's womb, you automatically became lost. According to who? That's not an African concept. When I was in, 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 in Christianity, there's this thing called the Evangelical Teacher Training Association, ETTA. Those of you who are heavy in your church, you might know this organization. I was a certified instructor in the Evangelical Teacher Training Association. And one of the things that we taught in that is before you can get a person saved, you must get them lost. Y'all getting this? So the program of Christianity and religion is to, to actually countermand your common sense. The program of Christianity and religion is to literally reverse 
just basic rationality in the mind of the person listening to you. So when we would go to a person and ask them, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior? And they would say no. Then we had to show them how much in danger they were. You see, now let me show you, for those of you who don't know about this, for those of you watching who don't know about this, this is a, a serious deep program of the Roman church. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You see, the Roman Catholic Church is so bent on this that they actually made up a Bible. They made up a Bible. Write it down. So you, if you, many of you already know about this, but those of you who are hearing this for the first time, write this down. The Panade version of the Bible. It's called, spelled P-A-N-A-R-E, Panare. Now what happened is the Roman Catholic Church went into South Africa and there was a, a tribe of Indians there called the Panare Indians. So what the Roman Catholic Church did is they tried to witness to them, tried to get them saved, tried to get them to accept Jesus Christ as their savior, and they wanted to know why. Why should I do this? Why, why do we need to do this? And the Roman Catholic Church said, because y'all are sinners. Now, as people got it, is in the Panati vocabulary, there's no word for sin. So how are they supposed to relate to I'm a sinner if there's no word for sin in our vocabulary? And the Roman church told them, y'all are guilty. There's no word for guilt in their vocabulary. So now the missionaries got a problem. Because the missionaries cannot communicate their program to the Panada Indians and thereby, and thereby get them lost. So the Roman Catholic Church said, okay, here's what we need to do. We need to come up with a, uh, we need to devise something and put it in place so we can reach these people. So you know what the Roman Catholic Church did? They actually rewrote the New Testament. Now, by y'all, listen, y'all, I'm talking about something that just happened about three decades, three, de three decades ago, three or four decades ago. When was it? 1975. I ain't talking about nothing that happened in 1312. This is 1975. Roman Catholic Church said we need to write a new version of the New Testament and call it the Panade Version. So in this version, guess what they did? They got rid of Judas. There's no Judas in the Panade Version. There is no Herod in the Panade Version. Got me? Okay, so the betrayal of the kiss and all that kind of stuff that we were talking about never happened in the Panade version. What they told the Panade Indians is that the Panade Indians killed Jesus. And that they took this man and laid him down on the ground and nailed his hands into the cross and his feet into the cross. You know, and the man hollered and screamed and cried in agony and pain and that Panade killed him and they said the man died like that. So what they had to do to show the Panade that they were on their way to hell and in danger is in the Panade version of the New Testament, they said, God said, I am going to roast the Panade in the big fire. Now you got my attention. God says, I am going to kill the Panade because they killed Jesus. And it scared them so bad that the Panade Indians started saying, no, we don't want to roast in big fire. Now, in the Bible, in the Panati version, it says big fire. What's the word they gave you? 
Hell, thank you, right on. They told you you're going to hell. You going to hell. Look at somebody next to you saying nothing hot about hell. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, let's do this. Everybody repeat after me. The space inside this circle represents my realm of knowledge. All that I think I know about whatever I think I know is represented right here inside this circle. I must keep in mind that there is more to know than what is within inside my little circle. Did y'all get that? Yes. I, I had to do that because I saw a couple of facial expressions when I said hell ain't none hell hot about hell. Everybody say hell, hell. is the grave, the, grave. the hole in the ground the that they put your body in when you die. That's hell. In the Bible, that's hell. The actual word is Hades, or the, they, they call it Hades. It's all, it simply means the hole in the ground, the grave. That's all it is. There's no heat in the hole in the ground. Trust me, because it was when y'all would when y'all go to cemeteries and bury folk, you see poof, you see flames, but it don't happen like that because there's no heat in the earth like that. Are y'all making? Am I making sense to you? So let's get right to the crux of the matter. What does it mean? You know, you tell folks you need to be saved. And those of you who are watching this, I hope this frees your mind. Okay? It has to do with the term that is based in tradition. Now, let me deal with tradition for a moment. Everybody say tradition, tradition. is a good and bad thing. Tradition is good because it helps you to see uh, the practices of our people over a period of time. But tradition is, can be bad because it's not necessarily based in truth. Just because a people been doing a thing for a long time a certain way does not mean that it is right. I'm making sense to you. See, a lot of times we carry out traditions that were handed down to us. That's why it's called tradition. But what if a fool started it? <laughs> then you carrying out a foolish activity but you think it's a sacred activity like communion for example that's a tradition most of the folk in the world especially black folk who take communion have absolutely no idea where it started from they don't know they, they're going by what is read when they serve communion. Y'all know how it is when you serve communion. Y'all remember them days? The table is all set out here. You got a little sister standing over here, a sister standing over here, standing like this here, their arm behind their back. <laughs> you know, this whole thing, or you're standing like this at the table, you know, okay? They don't even understand, and, and because the Bible says, and the Lord, the night he was betrayed, the Lord took the, the, the bread and break it and said, take, eat, this is my body. And we believe that. Look at somebody said, that did not happen. Look at somebody said, there was no last supper. Hold your circle up if you have to. There was no 12 disciples sitting around a table 
at the Last Supper. You know why? For several reasons. Number one, they didn't exist. Number two, they didn't sit at tables back then. The church I came from, we always did it on Sunday night. So the fact that it was held at night had a different psychology on us. Because they turned out the lights. And they had a cross hanging on the wall in the back that would light up. You talking about messing with our minds? And they start singing on Calvary. On Calvary, on Calvary, here we are in the dark <laughs> with a cross lit up on the wall at night in the back. On Calvary, see how he died. And we stand there looking at this lit cross. <laughs> Come on, man. Can, any, can anybody re remember what I'm talking about? Anybody go through that? Oh, so I got some y'all. Okay, you know what I mean. And then they give us that little cup of Welch's grape juice. <laughs> Had to be Welch's. Couldn't be wine. Not in the Pentecostal church. Not in the church of God in Christ. Had to be Welch's grape juice. Doggone it, that little tiny cup just enough to make you mad. You, you know? And they break up these little matzo crackers. And they say, here, take, eat. And I always want to know why I got the smallest piece. Why don't you give me a big piece of cracker, man? I mean, you want, to, want me to remember somebody? Give me some meat, man. Well, Catholics go through that now. It's called the Mass. It's a tradition. And our folk don't even know where it originated. It originated with Ptolemy. Ptolemy the first, Eucharistos. Eucharistos, the word Eucharist. You know what happened, y'all, when they had his coronation ceremony? It's a white pharaoh. When they had his coronation ceremony, what they did is they coronated him at the ceremony and, and, the, and the, the ritual that they went through was eating flesh and drinking blood. Ask any royal archmason, he can tell you what I'm talking about. Because in royal archmasonry, they, we, we carried out the same ritual in honor of Ptolemy of ancient Egypt. Well, it wasn't ancient then, there ain't no such thing as ancient white people. <laughs> But of course, in the Masonic order, you don't eat flesh and drink blood. You eat fried chicken and Mogan David wine. Now that's communion. That's real communion. Yeah. So we need to get rid of these traditions that don't make sense. Like baptism, same thing. Folk honestly got this thing in their head because the Bible says repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus and wash away your sins. Everybody say Baptist church. Have y'all ever heard of that before? You know why the Baptist church carries the title Baptist? Because of that one verse in the Bible. Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins. 
So what happens is you can't even join the Baptist church unless you get baptized or you come with a letter from another Baptist church saying you already been baptized. That's why folks used to say, I've already been to the water. In other words, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm singing this song so y'all don't put me in that daggone cold pool again. How many of y'all got baptized? Let me see your hands. Woo, look at the hands, all y'all. Was the water cold? Yeah. <laughs> Stepped in the water? The water was cold? Chilled my body? But look, but not my soul. <laughs> When you when you when you when you really look at it and you and you come to understand what really is happening, you realize how foolish you were. So those of you who are watching this, please understand, okay, that baptism does not wash away your sins. You can get baptized in the deepest part of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> And when you come up, you are the same Negro you were when you went down. Please understand that it don't wash away nothing. So it's important to understand what most people mean when they say, I'm saved. I'm saved. That what they really mean is, I've asked Jesus to come into my life and save me from my sins. That's really what people mean. What, they, what they're saying is, by faith, I have received him as my Lord and Savior. And that's some deep stuff. Look at that, man. You're actually making a fabrication of the Roman Catholic Church. You're making a doctrine your Lord. You're making a church statement your Savior. You're saying you've been delivered from the punishment of hell. How many of us say such like stuff like that and yet we're living in hell? Well, I, I long, long, as long as I don't go to hell when I die. And that's the kind of stuff, questions we get. So, so what's going to happen to y'all over there when y'all die? What's going to happen to y'all when y'all die? We conscious people. What's going to happen to y'all when y'all die? See, that's the question folk ask us. They're going to bury us or cremate us. One of the two. Brothers and sisters, my assignment is to awaken us, to awaken you who's watching this right now. My assignment is to awaken you from this lethargic stupor. It's time to wake up now. We have been ignorant and sleep for too long. That's why we are in the condition that we are in as a people. I, 
I hope this doesn't sound contradictory as I'm about to say this, but stop blaming the white man for you being dedicated to being ignorant. Now don't get me wrong. I know that the white man has put some serious devices in place. But one of the things I like about the Almighty and the ancestors is the Almighty loves us so much that despite the programs that have been put in place for our destruction, the Almighty keeps sending messengers and teachers to wake us up. So just because they put a program in place called Christianity or Islam or Buddhism or Judaism, just because they put these programs in place to keep us sleeping and anesthetized is not an excuse for you to refuse to think. All you got to do is think. And we don't want to do that. We hide behind dumb sentences. <laughs> like, well, the Bible says, as far as the heavens is above the earth, so are his ways above our ways and, and, and his thoughts above our thoughts. <laughs> What they got to do with you thinking? Does that mean don't think? All you have to do is think. God gave you, you Africans, you Africans who are watching this. White folk, I'm not talking to you. You Africans who are watching this. Now it's really deep. I don't have to talk to white folk because they know what I'm saying is true. Read their articles. They're telling you Jesus. They're, they're putting Newsweek magazine in search of Jesus. Because they know he don't exist. They know that already. In search of Noah's Ark. They know Noah's Ark don't exist. They're already telling you. It's really deep about it because they made up the lie, taught it to you. Now you are holding on to the lie and they turn around letting you know we lied to you. We lied to you. And you say, no you didn't. No you didn't. You are lying. That's what we're telling you. We lied to you. Satan is a, the devil is a liar. Yeah, we know that. That's why we're telling you we lied to you. We know we're the devil. What I found is when we're trying to awaken folk, they don't want to wake up. It's easy to sleep. But what's deep about it is when you sleep, you lose all sense of time. Isn't it deep how you go to sleep and look like you ain't even been asleep that long and eight hours have passed and it's time to wake up and the clock go off. It's time to get up already. I just went to sleep. No, because that's because you lose all sense of time. You lose all track of time. You see, and it's important to know what time it is, brothers and sisters. In fact, I, I want to read a, a verse out of the Bible right quick. Uh, Minister Stewart, grab for me, uh, if you don't mind my going to the biblical text to, to show you the point I'm trying to make here. And that actually tells you right in the Bible that it's time for you to wake up. It tells you that. 
Romans, the 13th chapter, I believe it's verse 11 and 12. Romans 13th chapter. It actually tells you, brothers and sisters, uh, let me, I don't want to misquote it, so let me just wait till she has it. Would you grab the, grab the uh, uh, microphone for her there, brother? Okay, she got it already. Romans 13, verses 11 and 12. I hope I got the right verses. What, what does it say? Notice this. Listen to this, y'all. And that knowing the time. Uh-oh, stop right there. And that knowing the time. Look at somebody say, what time is it? You know, see, why do y'all ask people that question? You say, excuse me, what time is it? If you don't have a watch on, you ask somebody, what time is it? You know, you have the time. Can you tell me what time it is, please? Why do you even ask people that? The reason why you ask people that is because once you know what time it is, it helps you to control your actions. It helps you to develop your speed of movement. Oh, is, oh, is that late? Is it that late already? Child, let me hurry up. I didn't realize it was that late. Oh, I didn't know it was that late. That's why you asked that question. So it says here, knowing the time. So I'm asking you, do y'all know what time it is? Didn't, wasn't there a song, does anybody really know what time it is? Wasn't there a song out there, something like that? Does anybody really care? I forgot who put that. What is, I think Chicago. That song out there. Yeah. Very powerful message. Do you really know what time it is? Sometimes I wonder because if you really knew what time it, what, what, what time it is, what time it was, your, your behavior would be different. What does it go on to say? And that knowing the time, yes. that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. Whoa. It is time. It goes on to say, and now knowing the time, that now it's time to wake up. It's time to come out of your sleep state. I know you enjoy being in it. Africans. I know you enjoy being in your sleep state because when you're in your sleep state, you can dream. And when you're dreaming, you can be anything you want to be. You can go anywhere you want to go at the snap of a finger when you're dreaming. So people like that and they don't want to wake up from that. And that's why we're dying, man. Read. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Everybody say salvation. Salvation. What does that mean? The word salvation is the root word soteria, which means to be liberated. Has nothing at all to do with heaven. Has nothing at all to do with going up in the sky. So it says time to wake up now. Yes. I said, that's my <laughs> It's time to wake up now out of our sleep state. Knowing the time means understanding the strategic period when things are brought to a crisis. Do you realize, do you really realize that we are at a point of crisis? Black people. Things are not good for us, man. And laws have been passed to be sure that things are not good for us. What are you prepared to do about it? Do you even have a voice? Oh man, there you go. Do you even have a voice? 
What happens is we get together and make a lot of noise. We don't have a voice. Oh, oh, oh that'll preach. Everybody say there's a difference between making noise, making a noise and having a voice. We've confused the two. You see, if we had a voice, we wouldn't have to make noise. If we had a voice, we wouldn't have to make so much noise. I watched over the last couple of weeks how much noise we made over the shooting of Trevon. We made a lot of noise. A lot of noise. So you know what the white folks said? They said to keep them from making so much noise. Y'all ain't gonna like what I'm getting ready to say. But to keep them from making so much noise so they can quiet down, arrest the boy. Arrest him and charge him with murder so they'll stop making so much noise. Are y'all hearing me? And then after they quiet down and we go through this mock trial, we'll acquit him of his charge. That's exactly what's gonna happen. You know what? Look, you know what's gonna happen? Everybody repeat after me because the star witness for the prosecution is dead. You see, y'all got to see how this whole thing happened, man. His lawyers didn't just quit. I mean, Turk to make turn this into that, but his lawyers didn't just quit. They knew he didn't need him, and he didn't need them anymore. The prosecutor said, "You know what?" Let's make these folks stop making so much noise. This whole thing is a setup. And we can't see that. We think we've accomplished something. We think we accomplished something because he's arrested and charged. That don't mean nothing. It don't mean nothing until he's convicted of a crime. So what do they do? They arrested him, they charge him, and put him in protective custody. Y'all know what that means? I mean, he's safe now. He ain't got to worry. He ain't got to keep looking over his shoulder. Got him in protective custody because what they're going to do is they're going to go through this mock trial and there's not enough evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. So according to the law, they have to acquit him because there's too many gray areas in this matter. But at least we stop making noise. We're quiet now. We're quiet. In fact, his mama even said, I think, I think my son's shooting was an accident. The prosecutor talked to her. Prosecutor came on national television saying, I spoke to those sweet people. Come on, when have you when do you know prosecutors to call black folk sweet people? Come on, people. We gotta everybody say, wake up! It's time for us to get up, man. Wake up out of this, this stupor that we're in. A state of self-silence due to intentional miseducation. That's what it means to be asleep. Not just silence, but sub-silence. You don't even have a voice. You know what they do with people who don't have a voice no more. There was a young lady who they called the voice. 
She no longer had that voice and she was no longer an asset. So it's time for her to die. Her name was Whitney Houston. Verse 12, what does it say? The night is far spent. The night, the night. Everybody say the time of no productivity. That's what nighttime means here. It means a time of ignorance, stupidity, drunkenness, slumberness, sluggishness. That's what night means in this verse. It comes from the word nukes, N-U-X. Nukes, it means the time of not getting anything done. It's far spent. What are they saying to us? They're saying, y'all, y'all have been wasting a lot of time. You haven't been getting anything done. You look good, but you ain't getting nothing done. And it's time for that to stop now. It's far spent. What is it going to say about the day? The day is at hand. Everybody say day is that which dispels the night. Look how beautiful it is outside. Why? Because it's daytime. You can see. You can see way down the street in the daylight because day dispels the night. Day represents knowledge. Day represents being in the right position that you're supposed to be in. Night means that you ain't getting nowhere. Ain't y'all tired of us being at night? You should be. Read the 12 verse, finish it, and I'm going to close this. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Wow. The, think, can y'all see this? The armor of light. Cast off the works of darkness. Again, darkness represents what? Ignorance. Darkness represents ignorance. And the armor of light, the armor of light. Are you walking in the armor of light? Have you put on the armor of light? Knowledge? Are you in search of more light? Do you really want more light? Some of us say, yeah, I want more light. No, you don't. Because acquiring more light means change. When you get more light, guess what, y'all? You know, so, so, so far, like folks say, I want to change, I want to change. But if you look at them, they still got the same people around them. They're still doing the same thing they've been doing, but yet they want change. Do you not know, brothers and sisters, that change just does not necessarily mean moving the furniture around in your house? There is no change in your life. If the same people that got you where you are are still in your life. Oh, you didn't like that one. When you have change, that means that things are different in your environment. We're in a strategic period. I'm going to transliterate those two verses as I close. Brothers and sisters, we are in a strategic period in our lives. If you look at your life right now, you'll see that you are at a point of crisis. 
Being at a point of crisis simply means that you're at a point where you got to make a decision because you can't keep doing this. I can't keep doing this. I cannot do this any longer. Okay, something has to be different here. From this point forward, something has to be different. But I find a lot of us are not really tired of where we are. We're not really tired because y'all keep saying, I, y'all, I got to make a change. I got to make a change. Something around me got to change. And then you turn around and say, I don't know what it is. But something got to change. If you don't know what it is, then you ain't going to make no change. This is a definite time for us to get up and become productive. And the reason why we have to become productive, brothers and sisters, is again, because we don't have a voice. We don't have a voice in society. We don't have a voice in the world economic market. We don't even have a voice in St. Louis. Do y'all see what I'm saying? We don't have a voice. And those of us who would have a voice, they don't really want us in office. So it's time, brothers and sisters, for us to start doing our part. Now, mind you, there's not enough of us in this room to give black people a voice. There's not enough listening to me right now to give black people a voice. You know why? Because you know what gives black people a voice? Does anybody really know what gives us a voice? Everybody say money. Now we spend more money than anybody else, but we don't put it together to give us a place at the table in economic discussions. So therefore we don't have a voice. We we are not seen as a significant sector in world affairs. That's why they don't care about it. That's, That's why they can kill us. You don't hear about Japanese people getting shot. You don't hear about that. You let a Japanese get shot by a cop. I dare let it happen. Man, shoot, that'd be like another world war. All Japan are being here on that situation. They ain't going to mess with no Japanese. They ain't going to mess with no Chinese. No. Because they don't make noise. They have a voice. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And until we start getting to the place, why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? Why don't we start trying to have a voice first in our local area? Don't worry about having a voice in, in world affairs. How about starting locally? What kind of voice do we have? We got enough black churches in this city to where nothing can happen in this city if black folks say no. You know what's really deep? I, I, we, we had a brother, I don't know his name, after my message last Sunday. Last Sunday I did about... Uh, what was the message I did last Sunday? Wasn't it, um, if Christ be not risen, wasn't that last Sunday? Yeah, okay. We had a brother sitting over here who came to me at the service and shook my hand and introduced, he said he's a pastor here in St. Louis. And I said, oh man, you here with us on, on Easter Sunday morning? He said, yeah, this is my day to visit. I said, okay. So he sat, he was sitting over there and he shook my hand and I was standing out here when we were raising the funds. And you know what he said? He, he said, he said, Doc, he said, the things that you taught us this morning, 
We learned that at Western, Western Seminary. I said, but are y'all teaching it? He said, <laughs> you learned it in Western Seminary, but then why aren't you teaching it? Why aren't you teaching the truth about Easter? If you learn this in Western Seminary, I think their branch of Western Seminary right here is at Pleasant Grove or is Pleasant Green? Where Bonner is, what church is that? Pleasant Green, right? Yeah, that's where they have Western Seminary here. So the Baptist preachers go there. And they learn this in Western Seminary, but yet they ain't teaching in the churches. See what I'm saying? You know, that, that's, that's why we're messed up, man, because we, 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 we got punks among us. Our religious leaders keeping us in this predicament. It's time for us to wake up. And once you see that you're sitting in an, let me speak to them out there now. Once you see that you're sitting under somebody who's lying to you, get your butt up out of there. Real simple. Leave. Leave. Why should they change? If they can lie to you and you keep on tithing. I don't understand that, man. I, I don't understand that. Why is it that the liars are raising all the money? Don't let me get started in that one. And the true speakers can't hardly stay afloat. Because we told you the truth that you ain't going to hell if you don't tie. Minister Hopkins told me that was a suicidal teaching when I talked that. <laughs> He said, man, you shouldn't have taught that. Well, I got to tell you the truth. That I have to tell you, and hopefully the truth will sustain us. God will keep touching somebody's heart to keep financing the truth. Make a sober decision to lay aside your preoccupation with ignorance. Stop being preoccupied with ignorance. <sighs> avoid people. Uh-oh, I got to say it. People, please, avoid people in your life. Avoid people in your life who live in ignorance. And it's visible to you and their own. See, here's the, when you, when you love, oh man, I got to say it. When you love people. You have a tendency to get attached to their weight. Am I making sense? You know that they're you know that they're they are weighing you down. Try to see yourself in a lake, and their their weight is about to pull both of y'all down. Hear me, when there's weight attached to you, that is non-productive weight, non-progressive weight. Are y'all grabbing what I'm saying? Okay, you have to do something or that weight is going to pull you down with it. And many times it's our attachment to the weight that's getting ready to wipe us out too. The weight is usually family members. Holding you down. Loved ones, boyfriend, girlfriend. Am I making sense? It's time to wake up now. 
make your life better. Stop staying where you are. Y'all hear me? Ain't nobody going to make it better for you but you. Talking to a sister the other day, she said, well, I don't know, when my children grow up, maybe they'll take care of me. I said, when your children grow up, they're going to leave you behind. That's what happens today. You see what I'm saying? They ain't thinking about you. They ought to show you. To... Okay, let me leave that alone. I'm, I don't want to offend nobody. They're showing you right now they ain't thinking about you. They're putting all their weight on you. Come on, man. Live. It's time to wake up now and make a difference in your life. But you know, when I look at these contestants for the Miss Black Awareness pageant, I feel good. I feel good because I know there's a God somewhere. There's a God somewhere. Turn around, ladies, for me, please. You know there's a God who sits on high and looks down low. Man cannot make it like this. Mary Flint, Hugh Hefner, they can take the picture, but they can't make it. Only God above, the Hugh Hefner on high, can make it for you. Apparently, these are the best women queens has to offer. Pick one and let's go. Be patient, my Lord. Do you love him? Do you feel joy? to the stage. Big round of applause for Jackson Heights' own Mr. Randy Watson. Yes! Randy Watson. That boy is good. Good and terrible. And Reverend Brown. Two years for the Reverend. This man's been my Reverend since I was a little boy, and I love him dearly. He's a very special man. Reverend Brown. It feels so lovely to be here tonight. What a beautiful lot. Give yourselves a round of applause. You're so lovely. Everyone's so lovely. And um, while you're in the clapping mood, I'd like to give a big round of applause to my band, Sexual Chocolate. Sexual Chocolate. They play so fine, don't you agree? I believe the children are our future. Thank you. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride. Make it easier. I decided long ago never to walk in anyone's shadow. If I fail, if I succeed, 
You can't take away my dignity. Be called the greatest love of all inside of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check the chocolate. I am living for the Lord. I am living for the Lord. Hallelujah. I feel him down in my spirit. You know, as I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. You finished. I don't believe that no more than I believe that you'll stay out of trouble. You're listening to the Click Here Podcast, brought to you by New Airwaves Audio Productions. He's asking you if you'll swear to tell the truth. Truth is stranger than fiction, Judgey Wudgey. 